0: I think it's interesting when people say, as an entrepreneur, what you're doing should be full-time. That's, if you're not thinking about your company, first thing when you wake up, there's something wrong with you and stuff like that. I find that to be incredibly unhealthy. I have many other things
1: I would like to think about. You are listening to Stream. Every bone in my body was like, you are not doing this, this is wrong.
0: Keep the conversation going and remain top of mind. Challenges are not supposed to stop you.
1: The priorities and the things that we value have entirely changed. What
0: we think influences what we
1: say and how we behave.
2: Taking the first step will reveal the next step.
1: We try and create tomorrow what didn't exist today. It's
2: not going to be perfect. You have to just keep moving forward.
1: Welcome to Stream, a platform where different streams of consciousness come together to share stories of struggles and success. I'm your host, Marisa Logan. This episode of Stream is sponsored by Dear Body. Now, those of you who know me know how much I love the world of wellness and that I believe in healing your guts as it's crucial to optimizing your performance both physically and mentally. Dear Body is a strawberry-flavored powder blend formulated to promote skin and digestive health. Locally produced in South Africa, Dear Body is formulated by women for women. It's packed with beneficial ingredients such as clinically proven varicile collagen peptides, fruit powders, botanical extracts, novel fiber, high in vitamins, and probiotics. The blend is naturally free from dairy, soy, and gluten and contains no added sugar. Dear Body can be enjoyed as a beverage or mixed with yogurts and smoothies. Now I'll hand over to my brand new co-host, experienced journalist, podcaster, and presenter, Andela Mlandu.
2: Welcome to the stream. My name is Andela Mlandu and I am fortunate enough to be the guest co-host uh, for this specific episode. And in the hot seat today, I have a self-made globe-trotting entrepreneur. Her name is Portia Magoma and her story is a very colorful and interesting one and it resonates so much with her personality. And so I can't wait to dig in and find out just a little bit more about her struggles and success as a female entrepreneur in South Africa, as well as internationally, because she is, like I said, a globe cutter. Portia, welcome to the stream. Thank you.
0: It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Absolute pleasure. So I want to dive right into it and find out how your entrepreneurial journey started, because you've done more than one thing um and you had no issues of starting something doing it right finishing it and then moving on to the next thing so can you please talk us through that
0: yeah so I guess my journey started at like around 10 ish I don't know if you remember do you remember KTV back in the day Yes, there's the
2: show. I wanted to be a you, presenter
0: on there. You should have been. <laughs> your voice and presence would have been perfect. But um, KTV used to have like this, um, I don't specifically remember what it's called, but it was like an entrepreneurial festival where you would send them your idea and then they would give you a booth and set you up and stuff like that. And my friend Jacinta Ooh. and I did it for like two or three years and we did like face painting We sold homemade candy. We did like all these different things. So I would say it started there. And it was just like this thrill of, oh my goodness, I can use my talents and get paid for it. Uh, But then obviously life happened and school school happens, life happens. And it wasn't until I've always had like different ideas that I wanted to look into, but just never pursued them. Um, And then there was a certain point where, First of all, I made the decision that I would never ever work corporate. So I always used to work for entrepreneurs. And one of my favorite jobs ever, um, the entrepreneur decided, I was in New York at the time, and she's from uh, Canada. So she would just like pop in every two months. So it felt like it was my company, which was awesome. And then she sold the company and she sold it to a corporation. And I was like, no. (laughs) So I just left like no plan, no nothing. Uh, And it was the first time in my life I found myself with nothing actually to do. And I started just kind of getting into different things that I like with no ideas of turning it into a company or anything, just like going back to exploring my creative side and letting ideas flow. And that led to my first, what I believe is my first official company. So it was sort of a, I always had like this little yearning, 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 yearning. And then I didn't have a choice. I had to, (laughs) I had to eventually, you know, come up with something. Um, But it was very natural, which I liked. And yeah. And then since then, I've just explored different avenues. And like you said, I've tried so many different things. Um, Yeah.
2: Tell us, what are those things?
0: (laughs) Well, it's been like, so... Actually, before that company, I did start something else. Um, I had an e-commerce company with my sister. It was a design, a female design label, which we kind of did not taking seriously. It was before like social media blew up and websites and stuff like that. Uh, So we did that. And then I enjoyed it a lot. And then I moved back to New York and I did a men's accessory line. And... Mm -hmm. That was really my favorite, though it wasn't conventionally successful. Obviously, it doesn't exist anymore, so it, <laughs> it didn't live, but it was actually an incredibly educational experience because everything I did during that time, I'm using today in my current company. But I love menswear, and I hope to kind of find my way back to that. We'll see. And then after that, I decided to get a job. Which, was, But then it turned out to be that job, which was my favorite job. Um, and it, that also felt like my company because the actual owner wasn't there. I was running an entire design studio, which was great. And when she left, I mean, when I left the company, like she sold the company, uh, my first real successful um, company is called Silence is Accurate, CL. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And it was, it began incredibly organically I started going to like, just spending days going to art galleries and museums and the ballet and all these things that I loved that I wasn't able to do because I was working. And then I started writing about it because my circle of friends were not really interested in it. And that led to me starting my Instagram account, which was all about visual art. And it just blew up. <laughs> it, was, it was very, it was weird. And because that happened, I reached out to an editor and I was like, hey, can I write about openings? And they were like, yeah, cool. And I started writing about openings and then eventually someone was just like, oh, when's your next exhibition? Like, what are you curating next? Or can I buy a painting from this artist? And I thought, oh, this is a thing, <laughs> you know, like people actually, I had like created this voice where people trusted my judgment and artwork, which was amazing. I do have a uh, background in art history, but I've never used it. So I started doing that. I started curating, I started selling, and then it just became this arts consultancy. And I turned it into things that I loved. So it was Um, this immersive experience where I'd create exhibitions where we would go in and have like sound meditations you know, it was like super unconventional Mm -hmm. and that grew and it actually led to me opening an art gallery in South Africa and that led to a burnout. (laughs) But um, yeah. So then after that, I, when I burned out, I decided I'm just going to travel for a while. And I did that for about two years while I was traveling. I, came up with two companies. One of them is Flashpick, which was an on-demand photography service, which serviced um, Germany and the US. It was great because I was still in a creative field. Like I worked, the photographers I worked with were also visual artists that they're just really experimental. It wasn't like, oh, sit in a chair post, take a picture. It was mm. like true storytelling, which was fantastic. Um, and what was also great is that it. Introduced me to the tech world more. And then that led to me getting onto the founding team of Unique Board, which was also tech. We turned um, artists' 2D work into 3D. And I feel like, <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, all these other companies that I've done. Um, and then also, while I was traveling, I came up with the idea for Malmask, which is my current full time baby now. Uh, which is an anti-pollution, responsible travel brand, which protects you. It's like air pollution masks as well as uh, hydrogel. So I'm kind of bordering into beauty now, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I think that's everything. I'm forgetting something, but those are all. <laughs> so so yeah. now i am finally lit. But um, what I've always noticed is I'm always working on like one or two companies, one or two companies. But right now I'm only working on Mao, which is, interesting because it's my first time I'm just focused on one thing and it's also incredibly product driven. I'm usually a service entrepreneur so it's been very, very, very educational (laughs) especially during like everything that's happening right now. It's just been like lesson, lesson, lesson but I love it. I'm enjoying it.
2: Before we get into your Current baby, my mask. I really want to touch on two things that you mentioned. The first one is burnout. Now, as people and as businesswomen, entrepreneurs, there comes a time when you feel burnt out and, you know, people deal with those things with burnout in a whole lot of different ways. How did you deal with your burnout? And, you know, did you, and how did you realize that you were actually feeling burnt out?
0: Yeah. So I think for me, the burnout was, so when I started, when Silence became a company, when it started, it was really enjoyable because it was just a project and everything was very organic. When I saw that it had the prospect of becoming a company, I started doing crazy things like <laughs> and So this can go either way for people, right? So I've tried, when I started Sia, I did the whole wake up at 5 a.m., work out, listen to a podcast, do this. It was very structured and it worked. Like I managed to grow the company really quicker than I could have. if Maybe, we don't know. But that's basically how silence started. And what I stripped away while I was doing it was really the enjoyment of the journey. It was... It started to become more of a to-do list, a tick off and this and this and that. And the other thing personally is I have a hard time requesting help specifically because I just, I have a mindset where I'm like, well, I can do it quicker, (laughs) you know, which I could, but I shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it became, I became this unnatural person where I was a robot I am personally not a robot. I am far from it. But because I was in that world, I just adopted other people's idea of how to make things work. And it worked. I'm not downplaying, you know, the system. However, it wasn't me. It was inauthentic. Um, And then how did I recognize I burned out? I used to go to my gallery and I didn't want to be there. And apart from that, it came to a point where I think it's interesting when people say as an entrepreneur, what you're doing should be full time. That's if you're not thinking about your company, first thing when you wake up, there's something wrong with you and stuff like that. I find that to be incredibly unhealthy. I have many other things I would like to think about. (laughs) So it got to a point I realized I was burnt out when all my conversations were about work, all my thoughts were about work. But most importantly, I just, I was exhausted. Mm. And it took a long time for me to call it burnout because there are messages surrounding us that say that is how it's supposed to be. The hustle culture, you know. So I didn't really recognize it as burnout because I was like, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. No sleep gang, you know. Um, but I was burnt. And... I wasn't getting assistant because I was preventing myself from doing that because of the way I work. And it wasn't really until I was emotionally just like numb that I realized something is wrong. And then it started affecting my personal relationships. And as soon as that happened, it was like, okay, something's something's up.
2: Which I guess links back to asking for help because you mentioned that that for you was something that you didn't particularly enjoy doing but you know maybe had you asked for help maybe things the load would have been a little bit less but when it comes to asking for help now that you know better um do you ask for help now And, and and why would you say people should ask for help um when going through you know a new business or or just doing life in general
0: I am better at it, but also a work in progress. <laughs> but I absolutely think you should. Um, first of all, you don't know everything, right? And it doesn't matter how much Google you're doing. Um, there are people who have done things before you, and even though their journey is incredibly different from yours, they have value in you know, you can get so much value just even not, hey, can you do this from me? Just like, hey, how did you manage to do this? That in itself is asking for assistance, right? So I think it also, for me, that was also a thing because I don't like going, hey, can you do this? But I'm comfortable going, hey, I don't know this and you do, so what did you do? Um, so I think maybe find your comfort level with it. I also think that, It does also have to do with being a black female entrepreneur is you don't want to appear kind of weak or not having knowledge or stuff like that. So that's also a hurdle. I've kind of had to challenge myself to get over, but yeah, a hundred percent figure out how to get like, how to get assistance that makes you comfortable and then gradually you can get to a point where you can talk to people about anything you need but yeah you cannot build anything by yourself and it's also like not just it's not about the building it's also just encouragement it's also creativity like getting other people's feedback and ideas you cannot build something and think people are just going to love it just because you do so even feedback is a form of assistance don't you think it's
2: so annoying that as society um you know you mentioned that as a black woman a black you know entrepreneur it was just very difficult to ask for help because you'll be deemed as weak i think that it's so silly that in these times society has said all these Weird standards for people to live up to, whereas we're all human beings. We all have flaws. We all need help. Um, I think it's just silly, but ask for help, people. If you need help, yes, we'll help. <laughs> so we can't have a conversation without mentioning the 2020 global pandemic. We, you know, it's, it's been a crazy time and I'm sure it's been an even crazier time for you as an entrepreneur and for someone who isn't, you know, who doesn't live in South Africa, but found themselves in South Africa um, during the lockdown period. How?
0: Yeah. So I came to visit my sister and three days, three or four days into my visit, South Africa went into a full lockdown, couldn't get out. It's now been, what month are we on? Seven? Seven, Seven, eight. You know, it's been a cycle. At the beginning, I was like, yes, this is awesome. Gotta relax. And then work got intense um, and then it was also like learning about the industry I'm in now as I go, and it's changing, right? So um, the product I had suddenly became a much needed product during this pandemic, but it also be, it became a controversial item and that affected logistics So the fact that I had to get a whole new manufacturer, Um, shipping is insane. Everyone has all these new rules and all of a sudden everyone is doing what I'm doing. So it's like, you know, when I was writing my little business plan at the beginning, I had like four competitors and now it's like, you know, so it's been educational. There was a huge dip in. So it's like, oh, lockdown, awesome. And then it was like, oh, my goodness, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of like, okay, this is, you know, you have to accept life. Uh, it's also been personally educational. I <laughs> I was actually telling my sister this morning um, that I've learned something about myself. And it's that I'm an incredibly impatient person, <laughs> which makes no sense because I'm like the chillest per I'm like so chilled. Mm-hmm. But... I've learned I'm really impatient and when I told her that she was just like and yes and and I was like what do you mean and so apparently everyone knows I'm impatient I didn't know this about myself until uh, everything happened so yeah it's been interesting on the business and interesting on myself and I think it's been pretty universal for everyone where we're all just kind of like you know like what what is this? what is this? and we're all just kind of forced to adjust, you know adjust and change, and all of that
2: just to give our listeners a bit of context if they've just joined um your product or your business, my Ma mask, basically you create beautiful looking masks, face masks like the ones we've been wearing, but you started it even before this this wave and this you know. time so what inspired you to choose masks as you know your your product
0: I burnt out and then I decided I'm just taking a year off Mm -hmm. it turned out to be three (laughs) three years off Uh, and I decided to do Southeast Asia I started in Bali where I've been based and you know Asia Southeast Asia everyone the pollution is so heavy um beautiful though every country in Southeast Asia is incredible I just I was personally affected by the air pollution and when I started talking to expats and travelers and realized we're all in the same boat where it's like I'm getting sick because of the pollution and that's why they wear them you know (laughs) that's why it's culturally it's a cultural thing Uh, my problem was that uh, I couldn't justify wearing an ugly <laughs> mask. And I was like, you know, it's anyone making pretty ones? Um, and so I wanted to create the, um, like, Mao creates beautiful masks, but they're also, the filters are tested. So they actually, you know, I have scientific backing behind them. They're beautiful, they're adjustable, they fit different sizes. And,. Yeah, so it was actually from a personal need. I wasn't doing anything at the time, and this seemed like a great direction to go into. Mm -hmm. Um, Had no idea any of this would be happening, but I did know that pollution worldwide is becoming such a problem that expanding into the future would make sense. Um, So yeah, so that's how I started. I do also want to note that while I was living in New York, I had the same problems, but it wasn't as easy to identify that it was air pollution. Okay. So I also knew that this wasn't an Asia problem. It was a worldwide problem. And I was like, this seems like a good idea. So I did it. <laughs> and here I am.
2: Well, congratulations for finding a gap in the market and running with it. Um, I Thank think are absolutely beautiful. I love the, I love the, the zebra one. That Oh one. nice yeah. that one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's get into a, a bit of a deeper conversation. I'd love to pick your brain and just find out what or how you define
0: success. My definition of success has changed tremendously um, over time. Um, it's had to do with personally where I am in life at different times and i think it's also growth i and i think that is success like everyone has their own version of that's one thing i've always been proud of is that my idea of success has never been influenced by my peers or what's happening in the world but what has stayed consistent with my idea of success personally is freedom it's incredibly important to me that i am able to choose and that's with everything right so in order to choose to pack up and go move somewhere so being financially independent my version of financially independent um, my version of how to live day by day you know when I can wake up when I work when I do this uh, I think success is very personal and we shouldn't be so into like defining it so much. And there are people who live a similar lifestyle that I do who look down on other people's version of success, you know, and it's like, that's not right. Like if someone wants A, B and C and it's not cool with you, that's not your problem. So my version of success always is freedom and freedom to choose how to live my life.
2: Yeah, I love that.
0: Speaking of freedom,
2: earlier as I was listening to you, you said so many things about, you know, the different projects or companies that you uh, were a part of and it was all linked to things that you enjoy. Um, You know, how important is it to do business or to take part in something that you love in order for it to be, you know, to be great? and also for you to enjoy it. I mean, you mentioned art, you mentioned fashion, um, you know, all these amazing things. And those are things that you're interested in. You know, how important is doing what you love?
0: So I'm kind of like this, like 50-50 about turn your passion into business or not. On the real, ever since I closed the gallery, it's been incredibly difficult for me to work, to like walk into art galleries or to walk into museums. And that sucks because <laughs> because you know it's something I really, really love and enjoy um, and it's still it's been three years now, and it's still like a process for me to work in, to walk into an art gallery and enjoy it. However, I will say I still discover artwork and artists and can enjoy it yeah. so I think and then with Mao, it was really interesting because it was more research and that's something I enjoy. So I think what you need to find is not particularly something you're super passionate about, but something you enjoy and wakes you up every morning. Like I'm excited to work,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: I'm excited to get this done or I'm super interested to see where this leads should you turn your passion into a business? I'm on the fence about it from personal experience, um, but it does work out for a lot of people, you know, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, yeah. but I think um, it's also I was having a conversation with a friend about hobbies and how so many of our friends and just society right now, like no one has hobbies anymore. And as soon as they find one, they turn it into a business. Mm. Is that healthy? Is that not? who knows but I think just find something where it interests you you don't have to be passionate about it it doesn't have to be a big great hobby it just has to be something that interests you so much that you want to wake up and keep doing it I love that
2: with this podcast as much as we talk about success we also talk about struggles and for you have you endured a particular challenge during your entrepreneurial journey that um, sticks out for you?
0: Of course, yes. I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, I think closing SIA silence was the biggest struggle for me. Do you mean like in terms of business or just in general?
2: Uh, in terms of uh, business or if you want to dig a little bit deeper in general?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, So when I decided to add the gallery, so I always kept the arts consultancy and then I brought the gallery to South Africa. I jumped into an industry that, like a market um, that I was not too familiar with. And absolutely do that, by the way, because (laughs) you're going to learn so much. However, at the same time, it's also going to be incredibly challenging um, adapting to how things work in a different place. So the gallery for me was challenging in terms of business because I wasn't fully prepared for what I was walking into. And I think I could have done more research. I'm huge on research. And for some reason, I just dove into that one. Um, And it was also challenging in terms of realizing that I have to close something I had worked on for five years and making peace with the fact that it has run its course and it's time to close. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Is there something you wish you had done differently? I try not to think about, I could have done this different. I could not have because, and let me tell you how much I do not like it when people say, don't look back, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, oh, this will be better in the end and stuff like that. And when it closed, you know, I had that reading in my head, like, this is for the greater good. It's for the greater good. Honestly, I did not believe it until a few months ago and this is three years ago because it led me to a place where like I'm running Mao so much more differently than I've run any of my companies Mm. and it's mentally the healthiest I've ever ever run a company and it's mentally I mean uh, emotionally as well so I wouldn't be here if I didn't go through you know, the cycle of Sia and also the closing and how everything played out. So, but it also brings me great joy, like everything I did with that company, even the struggles, like it gave value to, besides myself, it gave value to a lot of people. And I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) It's really a lot of good work was done through that company. And when it had to close, it had to close. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything. It was honestly a great journey, even the not so great parts. Mm. Did you have mentors
2: along your journey or you were just
0: facing everything head on the road? I've been facing everything. By myself. Um, I have my greatest support system is my sister. Um, she takes calls at all hours. But, uh, and I also have, I'm very social, but I have three specific friends who are not Entrepreneurs or founders do not have any interest in it. But because we're so different, they help me so much in seeing things differently and handling things differently. Mm-hmm. I've never officially had a mentor, but I will say um, when I was on my break, like figuring out what I'm doing, um, I got this part time gig with, she's my friend now. Her name's Jessica DiCarlo, and she does jewelry. Um, And it was my first, I had already done a few things and, you know, worked in a few different places, but it was my first time meeting someone who was like me, you know, in terms of just what we value, how we think, how we don't want to change into (laughs) anything. Um, But it was the first time I experienced someone, she started her company literally in her living room, like knocking on jewelry and all that stuff and she's amazing um she didn't mentor me but she showed me like it's so important to physically have someone in front of you where you're like i see myself and if she's doing it then i can totally do it um so i'd say she's the closest to a mentor i've been
1: would you
2: advise a mentor for someone starting out or someone who has been in business for a long time, just so that there is someone to kind of bounce ideas off and to see to somebody who isn't even in the same industry as you, just so that you know that you're on the right track and, you know, different ways, I guess, in which you can improve.
0: Yeah, I do think mentors play um, a very important role. But I read, I think it was on Twitter the other day, and it was something like, the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Um, I'm really bad at like re-saying jokes and re-saying things I've read, but it was basically like, (laughs) it's so important to have a mentor, but it's even more important to have someone who's guiding you, but can actually open you up to not necessarily like hand you a position or hand you the company, but can actually open up a door for you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So Mentors are incredibly important. I think at the same time that should not limit you. You know, like you read all. Sometimes you will read people and they're like, "Oh, I need to find a mentor to do this. So I need to find a mentor to do that." Totally valid, but don't stop just because you don't have someone to do that with. Like, there's so like how I told you, I have like these three friends who they don't even know what I'm doing, but you know, we'll have talks and they will bring their life experience into it, and that will be. So valuable for me. So I think mentors are incredibly important. However, they should not limit you from going until you meet you meet one or get one. Yeah. What
2: is next for Portia and and your business, mask with you know the remainder of
0: the year? I eagerly await October first to see my options. Uh, so that's personal. Now, <laughs> now I. I actually have a lot of plans before even COVID I had already had plans to um, produce five more products, which are eco-friendly, anti-pollution. I'm very excited that I launched uh, crystal hydrogel masks, which are like sheet masks, but so much better. Um, they <laughs> seriously, they are eco-friendly. They are made of gel, they hold more moisture, stuff like that. Um, I'm super excited that they were received so well. Uh, mostly because I do want to kind of play around in uh, clean, cruelty-free beauty. So I don't think I'm going to launch anything for the rest of the year. However, I am going to continue my research and playing around with the new products. Um, And yeah, I hope to end up in more retail. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You know, the beauty of Mao is that I've been taking it so slow, like everything has been incredibly intentional, and I'm just going to continue to do that.
2: I love your method. You you come across as a very unconventional entrepreneur. You know, you're following your own pace. You're in your own lane. Um, you know, you take things easy. You get the work done, but I, I get the sense that you're not trying to compete with anyone or you're not looking over your shoulder to see what, you know, the person next door is doing and I really love that um, and it's it's a different spin because I, I often speak to entrepreneurs and they're just like you gotta go, go, go create, create, create and I just love how you're pacing yourself.
0: There's an awesome there's a software um, company called Basecamp and I highly recommend everyone to read their story because that was part of the reason I changed my go, go, go Um, I want to build, especially with Mao, like for me, Mao is like a legacy company for me. I want to carry it. And so I'm not building something where it's like, I want to build this and sell it, or I want to build it and make millions, or I want, it's really, I am so interested in building effective products that are beautiful and sustainable and will carry on for as long as I can, like as long as the company will live. And in order to do that, it has to just flow by itself. You know, it cannot be rushed. And as far as competitors, I got that a lot with people, um, you know, when everything blew up, um, I got completely, my stock ran out. And the worst thing was like, everyone wasn't working. I had to find a completely new manufacturer and everyone was just like, "Are you stressed? Like, there's competitors now. Like, everyone's doing exactly what you're doing. That's like they're not. <laughs> like, no one can do exactly what you're doing. You're offering something different. Like, unless you're literally stealing someone's, you know, you know, play-by-playbook. Yes. But Mao is always going to be different because I'm creating it. So there's no reason to look at competitors. I mean." know what people are doing but there's no reason to put yourself next to them above them under them or whatever just do you you'll be fine you really will be spoken by someone who's done the hustle and the slow like you'll be fine you'll get there
2: if you could look back in time and speak to 18 year old
0: Portia what would you say to her I would tell her to have more confidence to start at 18 Um, I look back and I had so, so many cool ideas. You know, it's like, would they be here today? Maybe, maybe not. But I think it would have brought me um, just a lot more joy and also early confidence. So, yeah. I'd also tell it to chill out. It's going to work out. <laughs> It'll be fine. But I would definitely say just, like, just start. Just do it. Um, Also, being young, you have so much time. Yeah. Which I still do. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. Thank you so much for being in the hot seat and sharing about your journey. And we will be following it, cheering you on all the way. And so excited to see what
0: happens. Enjoy that flight
2: back to where will you be heading back to?
0: (sighs) We're going to have to see (laughs) which part of the world opens up to me love it (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) but congratulations on your journey so far and honestly i just wish you all the best and we'll be watching and thank you for you know your time today it's been been such an amazing chat
0: thank you for having me it's an awesome platform and i hope someone gets value out of this conversation yeah yeah
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Stream, hosted by my co-host Andela Humlandu and sponsored by Dear Body Skin and Gut Powder, which was founded by three female South African researchers who were overwhelmed by all the choices and frustrated of the lack of research for skin and health supplements. Visit sinecor.ca.za forward slash dearbody or visit their Instagram page at DearBody underscore SA for more information.